I think Ryan Coogler and John Bones Jones could be related. <laughs> I'm just saying. Like, look at a picture of Ryan Coogler. Look at a picture of John Jones when he had the big beard. They look like they could be cousins at the very oh, least. Oh, they do, don't they? Yeah, they kind of do. He's too attractive to be a director. That's an attractive man right there. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, he was a receiver at uh, Sacramento State. Welcome to the Two Woke Nerds Podcast. Thank you so much for listening in again this week. Before we get started, I'd love to remind you, it would mean a lot to us if you left us a rating or review on iTunes. It would help a ton with visibility. Share this with your friends, your coworkers, somebody you know loves nerd news. My name is Gerald Goodrich. I'm your host this week like I am every week. And I am joined by my good friend, a man who found a way to get more excited about Black Panther, (laughs) Raymond Summerlin. Ray, how are you doing, bud? Yeah, I mean it's amazing. We we there's a movie coming out that we all know is good, and the bunch of people that went and saw it saw it and said, "Hey, it's pretty good." So there you go. I, I suppose yeah. that's better than the alternative, right? Yeah, we we talked a couple weeks ago about how I didn't know if we could possibly get more excited for Black Panther, and then they did the press screenings and the grand uh, opening. Raymond sent me a three minute video of Chadwick Boseman signing autographs of the king just... of the king arriving. Yeah, there's a drum, and then he signed he signed autographs for like four or five minutes. Uh, but so they did the, the grand uh, opening, the, the first viewing of Black Panther, and the early Twitter reviews. Now, obviously, most of these Twitter reviews generally are going to be positive, but I don't know if I've seen Twitter reviews this glowing. So the two I want to point out uh, is Adam Vary, who writes for BuzzFeed, which, you know, it's BuzzFeed, but... He said, Black Panther is just astonishing. Ryan Coogler has harnessed the superhero movie and a really fun one to explore profound ideas and create vivid images of black excellence that so rarely ever make it to a giant Hollywood movie. And then Brian Truitt of USA Today said, Black Panther is simply awesome, extremely bold, and as touching as it is thrilling, it boasts, now listen, Game of Thrones style intrigue, crazy innovative action, and a deep bench of memorable characters. Here's where it gets interesting. Top five all-time Marvel movie, easy. Yeah, and when I heard that, when you you read that to me before we started recording, I went, well, that doesn't seem like high praise. And then we started going through them. And that's... That's reasonably high praise to say yeah, that it's top it's, five easy. Like if you say top ten, yeah, whatever. Top five, that's that's rarefied air up there. I mean, you're putting it up there with Civil War, yeah. with you know Winter Soldier, the original Guardians, yep. original Iron Man. Let's see what else. Ragnarok, Avengers, the first Avengers. Like there, there's a lot of good. So top ten is a little bit easier, but I'm I'm excited. I'm I'm pretty excited about this. My wife and I got our tickets. We're going Thursday. Go. Uh, we're doing a little longer date night because it is the day after Valentine's Day. So we'll get some dinner, go see a movie, have a little good date night. I'm pretty hyped, Ray. It's coming. Two weeks. I said this what four weeks ago. I don't just release the movie already. How much more hyped do we have to get to see this thing? Like this thing is going to break records. Like it's going to break spring records. It's going to be really incredible. Like it's going to out I would I would bet that it's going to outgross Deadpool, which came out similar time. And so it's yep. it's it's gonna be good. I'm I'm looking forward to it for sure. 
Yep, it's going to have legs, and I think it's really it's going to have good word of mouth. And you're not just getting the comic book fans or the Marvel fans. You're you know I'm, I'm pretty tapped in with a uh, with a pretty diverse group of people, and a lot of the a lot of my black friends are like, hey, we're going to go see this, and they're not huge comic book fans. They're just hey, I want to see this movie, so I'm really excited to see where it heads. So we've got a couple of pieces of news for you this week. Uh, we got a new Pacific Rim trailer, which after Raymond just trashed Pacific Rim a couple weeks back, we had a really intense Started text a conversation. Started a fight <laughs> intense text conversation with mario who even though he referenced the show i still don't believe he listens to the show uh, uh started a pretty intense text conversation with mario our friend who doesn't listen to the show uh so we got a new trailer for pacific Rim, and we also got a trailer for ant-man and the wasp so raymond's got a hot take about ant-man we'll talk about that and then obviously we will land the plane with some don't sleep on it so ray two weeks later after you said Pacific Rim is awful. Pacific Rim's terrible. Why are they making a sequel? We get another trailer. It's like they wanted us to do this. So what did you think? Was there anything in there that redeemed it in your eyes that made you feel like this is actually worth your time? No. Do you have a follow-up question? <laughs> That's it? Like, I don't... Like, what? It's the most rote, nonsense, Transformers-esque action movie like if Dwayne the Rock Johnson was in this movie you wouldn't be surprised like it looks like a it looks like a late era Tom Cruise movie like what it's just it's dumb let, let me guess let me guess how this movie's gonna go they have this big train thing so they're ready they're ready for these things to come back right and then oh the train guys they're not they really weren't ready so this ragtag group was brought in and oh they they don't really get along but and they end up getting defeated but then they rally together behind a charismatic leader maybe John Boyega and then they defeat these monsters and they win the day woo it's the most like paint by numbers movie of all time that just happens to have like a big CGI budget which is essentially essentially how you could describe any any and I'm always I always call him Jason Bay because of the old Pittsburgh Pirate, but it's how you can describe <laughs> any Michael Bay movie ever, right? And if it has and if it has Will Smith in it and Martin Lawrence in uh-huh. it, then then it's fine because those guys can just charm their way through it, right? But if yeah, I don't think Boyega's at that level, right? And I don't think I don't think Charlie Day is at that level or old other creepy scientist guy. So like, I just don't, I just don't care. Just, I really don't care, man. I don't know what I can do to convince you about this. Probably nothing. Well, I'm going to see it obviously because I have movie pass. So like what else, what else do I have to do on a Wednesday afternoon? (laughs) Nothing. When the football season's happening, absolutely nothing. So my, um, so yeah, it's, it's not going to be good. I have, I, I have no, qualms about saying that it's not going to be good but will it be fun that's the question the first and, one and you know what the first one wasn't I, got, I had a good time i had a really good time so that for me that's that's important it doesn't have to be good as long as i have a good time watching it i'm fine i'm legitimately fine so if it's fun it's going to be technicolor it's going to be giant monsters fighting robots john boyega is going to give the big speech he's got the spindly little mustache i'm on board i'm going to enjoy it get i mean I don't know what else to say. I'm going to enjoy that game, that movie. It's going to be a good time. If you really need to see John Boyega and you need your John Boyega fix, just go watch Detroit and, uh, and you'll be <laughs> fine. I don't know if you can describe the movie Detroit as fun. <laughs> it, was a, it was a slog, I would say. <laughs> it, <laughs> it, uh, 
It was not a it was not a fun watch. Old old Maze Runner kid was a little intense. Is he still in the Maze Runner? Have you seen the new Maze Runner? I've seen none of the Maze Runners. Oh, that's interesting. I that they've become a bit of an HBO Go favorite of mine. Where I'll yeah. wait until they show up on HBO. And then I, I do enjoy them. They're they're a TNT movie. Like, but a good okay. one. Like a Jerry Butler TNT movie. Ooh, good use of Jerry Butler. <laughs> really good. Yeah, no, I, I just skip that. It was it was right in my like post Hunger Games like I don't want want any more of this. It's not it's not Divergent bad. I'll see that for. Her. Yeah, Divergent Divergent's what really turned me off to that whole uh, genre thing. I don't like off brand Hemsworths. Hemsworth I. I don't like off brand Hemsworths. I need I need Chris. I don't, I don't even care about Liam. Get out. Liam doesn't do it for Liam me. Liam wasn't in but, Divergent. It was that other guy that kind of looks like Liam. What was what's his name? I don't know. You're asking. You're asking the wrong guy again. Theo you, James? We've established. Theo James. We've established. Let's let's get back on track. So Raymond hates Pacific Rim. Yeah. He hates fun. I love Pacific Rim. <laughs> I love fun. I'm the cool stepdad. What's up? <laughs> so the other trailer we got this week was kind of out of nowhere with very little fanfare. They dropped a trailer for Ant Man and the Wasp. So we got. The first, uh, the first footage of Evangeline Lilly doing the shrinking and having the wings, and there were some jokes about it, and blah blah blah. Michael Douglas was back being Michael Douglas. So Ray, what did you, what did you think of Ant Man and the Wasp? Our first look of it. By the way, Michael Pena back got to see him, which is great. Well, I think, I think if you liked the first Ant Man, this seems like a movie that that you will like. They haven't really changed the format. In any significant or um, or important way. So, if you like the first Ant Man, I would assume you like the first Ant Man because Paul Rudd is he is on he is on Will Smith's level of charming. He's just one of those yeah. most charming guys around, and so I assume that that's the reason you liked it. And if that's the reason you liked it, Paul Rudd is still there and being charming. So I assume that you'll like it. This doesn't strike me as a as a part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which is really reliant on plot and story structure. It's just kind of a. I've always thought of Ant Man as being like the like the kids movie of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Like the and I, I suppose I suppose people could say, well, they're all kids movies. They're all about you know people in tights. But like the more kid friendly of all of these movies, it seemed like that to me. And and so I, I think that I think that this one this one looks like it's headed in the same direction, which doesn't particularly appeal to me. But I could I could see why some people would like that. This is not meant to be, you know, derogative or pejorative about Ant-Man, but Ant-Man feels like the palate cleanser after Avengers because we got the first Ant-Man after Age of Ultron and it's kind of just, okay, we're going to reset everything, give you a bit of a break, give you something that's divorced from the main storyline for to get you geared up at the end because, you know, Ant-Man was the end of phase two. Yeah. And so that was kind of your palate cleanser. And again, what's the first movie after Infinity War? Ant-Man and the Wasp. So I think that's what they're going for even. I think it's an intentional choice to say, okay, we had all this big, bad adventure stuff. We're going to give you kind of a smaller palate cleanser, still get you in with a character you like, um, and go from there. Because I really do think, like, I liked it. It was fun. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't earth-shattering. It wasn't, you know, Winter Soldier, Civil War, Guardians. But it was fun. You could tell the parts where you know Edgar Wright had his, his script still evident in there. The I think the briefcase fight felt very Edgar Wright, 
but that's just me. Uh, but no, so I think that's what they're doing. Is it's a palate cleanser before you get back into it? Because then after Ant Man and the Wasp, you've got Captain Marvel, which I think is going to be kind of a flashback movie because Captain Marvel is going to show up at the end of Infinity War. I think that's just my uh, my blink on it. And then Avengers Four will wrap things up uh, with that story. I think really you'll probably see Infinity War, Captain Marvel, and Avengers Four. It's kind of a mini trilogy, but that's that's just my own speculation. We can leave that off the off the shelf there. So, Ray, any other thoughts about Ant-Man and the Wasp before we move on? Yeah, how is... I guess because it's more family-friendly, but, like, isn't Ant-Man, like, rendered unnecessary by Guardians of the Galaxy? Don't we already have, like, this part of the... this part of the universe, this this need of the universe? Don't we already have that covered? Like, there's something different? Yeah, like, I just... It's like the Spy Kids 3D version of the MCU. Like, I guess that's what it... <laughs> I don't know. That's the second time you've made a Spy Kids reference today. Spy Kids it has a has a a surprisingly large a large grip on my on my kind of like pop culture history because my youngest sister who was born when I was 13 years old. So I was, you know, I was into adulthood when she was, you know, first starting to really watch television. She loved that. Like I went and saw every one of them in the theaters because she made me take her to see them in the theaters. So they have, and she would like watch them on repeat, like on repeat would watch these movies. So I have, I have, so I have this weird, this kind of weird hole or this weird, I guess, like ball of spy kids knowledge in my brain. Well, I know why you're, you like spy kids. Carla Gugino's in it. Oh yeah, well yeah. Do, we know why Ray likes it. I do love Carla. Like that's you, you I really do. I, I mean, I'm just I would never say I don't. And if Marissa Tomei was in it, <laughs> Ray would own every copy. <laughs> By the way, I love the fact that Spy Kids and Machete are in the same universe. I love that. <laughs> Robert Rodriguez just slid that one past you. Same character from Spy Kids. Uncle Machete from Spy yep. Kids is Machete in Machete and Machete Kills. Let's just put that out there in the it's, world. it's just it's so random like that whole movie is so rare i if you haven't seen spy kids you might as well just watch it like in a in a, like a morbid curiosity way but like like antonio banderas is the dad like it's just it's so it's so random and like people tried to recreate that later and it didn't work in the same way shark boy and lava girl yeah they tried to do it with that they tried to do it with like the percy jackson movies they tried to do it with um Oh, Just with catch that kid. Yeah, or the one with the superheroes with uh, with Kurt Russell. Do you remember that one? Like oh, superhero you or something like that. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was like super higher. No, that's super, a, that's that actually might that's be not it. it. <laughs> I don't know. Oh my gosh, how did Spy Kids lead us down this road? So let's <laughs> let's move on to everybody's favorite segment of the show. Your favorite segment, my favorite segment, your grandmother's favorite segment. Don't sleep on it. So Ray. What can the good folks not sleep on this week? Well, I finally saw Shape of Water. My wife and I went to see it over the weekend, and I I absolutely loved it. Like it was it was so good, it was so well done. All of the performances, and it's not surprising based on the actors that they had involved in it, were so good. And I I loved it. And like it was it was maybe like 15 minutes too long. That happens to movies. It ended naturally like four times that happens to movies these days because, you know, studios let movie, let, let the directors run a little wild every now and again, but it was just, it was so beautiful. The, like the way that it was shot was so interesting. The story itself was interesting. Although 
there have been some plagiarism things that have come out in recent days that that's not great. So maybe the story was interesting because they lifted it from somewhere else. But it was such an interesting story. I will say that, you know, if you think that this is a fairy tale, which is what it is, it is a just a modern telling, well, 1960s, I suppose, but a modern telling of, of a fairy tale, it, um, it is not for children. It earns its R rating. Uh, it earns a hard R rating about 10 minutes into the movie. So certainly not, certainly not for children, but it's great. I think it's a great story. It has a great message where the way that they bring together all of these all of these outcasts in different ways, like all of these different outcasts and the way they bring them together and, you know, and, and have them kind of work against the man. It's just, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a very good movie and I, I absolutely love it. And I think it's, I, it deserves all of the Oscar noms that it got. Nom, 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 noms. I will say I also saw Hostels and whew, that's a grim movie. <laughs> if you're going to double feature, make sure you see Shape of Water after you see Hostels because you're going to need... You're gonna need a little bit of a palate cleanse because oh, that's a that's a tough one right there. But I, I'd recommend both of them. But yeah, Hostels is. Whew. It's still on my list. I'm trying to find uh, trying to find ways to get get to see them. We're in we're in kind of a murderer's row right now. It, this sounds terrible, but my wife and three of her friends all had babies within like a month of each other. So we've got a lot of baby birthday parties coming up. So Saturdays are few and far between. But I need to see Shape of Water. Trying to find a place to jump in and do it. So my don't sleep is, uh, it's a bit different. So I'm a huge podcast fan. I'm a huge podcast fan. I think I've subscribed to probably 20 or 25 podcasts that I listen to pretty regularly. I do it, you know, while I work out or when I'm driving to work or whatever. Uh, but I rediscovered one called Jan Silent Bob Get Old. And if you are uh, offended easily, it's definitely not one for you, but it's Kevin Smith and Jason Mewes who have been best friends for going on three decades now. Uh, they're both pushing 50, which is crazy to think about. Uh, but they do a weekly podcast and it is uh, the idea of it is really interesting. It is Jason Mewes' weekly sobriety check. And so they did it to... Uh, kind of help him along his sobriety journey. And throughout the podcast, they tell crazy stories of things that happened to him uh, when he was, when he was uh, addicted. He's a, he's a heroin addict and he's a, uh, he was addicted to oxycodone as well. And so, it's interesting because you don't really get to see the perspective of somebody who is addicted to something that hard because most of those stories end up with, and I found him dead in a pile of his own vomit. Like That's how most of those stories end. And so it's interesting to be able to see somebody uh, who came out with that and really seeing the effect of their loved ones and how their loved ones were able to uh, walk alongside them through the journey and had to at some point say, no, I can't be with you at this point. He tells a story about how uh, he wouldn't let Jason, Kevin Smith wouldn't let Jason Muse into his house uh, on Thanksgiving. Like he sat on the porch with him because he's like, Hey, I can't have you around my kid. Like my, I have a, I have a seven year old daughter. I just, I can't do that. And how a therapist told him once, like you may just have to let Jay die. Like you cannot keep throwing a, a net under him and save him. Cause he's got to hit rock bottom. And if that rock bottom is an OD, that is his choice. It's it's just crazy. You don't see that perspective or hear that perspective very often. So it's really uh, interesting. Listen again. Do not listen to it if you're easily offended. One of the reasons I love Kevin Smith is because he can make a smart blue joke, for lack of a better term. So I really appreciate that kind of humor. If you do give it a listen, but again, do not listen if you do not if you're easily offended. Both of our both of our don't sleeps had to come with like with like explicit content warnings. <laughs> Parental advisory. <laughs> 
basically just two live crew over here. Thank you so much for listening in uh, again this week. It means a lot to us that you come out and listen to us each week. Ray, where can the good folks find you on the internet? I am at RM Summerlin on the Twitter. Currently, he's discussing Alex Smith and the future of both the Washington Redskins and the Kansas City Chiefs. My mind I, is blown. It's just blown. Kaboom. kaboom. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. I am at GH Gerder. Follow the show on Twitter at Two Woke Nerds. And feel free to shoot us an email, twowokenerdspod at gmail.com. And again, leave us a rating or review on iTunes. Check us out wherever you find us. Share it with your friend, a coworker. And until next time, stay woke. Stay woke.